Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Port Wanimi, California, Joey Nochilpreno. Hello, Andy. Good morning. Are we are we both in quarter zips today? Are we doing a Manning cast? What's going on here? We are. Oh man, we should have. We should have gone either polo shirt or dress shirt underneath. We should have gone full Manny Gast. <laughs> we should have. That's hilarious. Definitely not planned. Can I was I was thinking that. I was like, it, gonna make... when, when does when's the next ABC ESPN Super Bowl? Can we get a Manning Cast Super Bowl? I need that. I almost I should have. You know what? You know what I regret about last night? I didn't go SpongeBob. You were. I, I, w- I actually, one of the first things I wanted to check in on you, we have so much Super Bowl to talk, Andy, but what was your thoughts on um, Tony Romo during the game? Dude, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Dude, the I end, thought, of, the ga- the end yeah. of the game, the, the final play they're talking about, they're like, dude, he wouldn't shut up? Yeah. He, the, the play happened. It's an Andy Reid special. And it, shut up. Shut up. Let the game play, man. I agree with you for the most part. I thought it was certainly not the worst Romo game. Uh, but yeah, he kind of talked through it. I saw a clip. I think, I guess it was Kevin Harlan. I'm assuming on radio calling it. So they said it to him and it's just like, it's so much better when you have like a, a broadcaster. It feels like, it feels like Romo so quickly went from like, playing his role next to Jim Nance to like he's there. And Jim Nance is just the guy he's just Jim Nance is only there so that Tony can say Jim before everything. I don't know, Jim. I think they're going to go over to Jim, 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 I don't, Jim. And uh, the other part that's annoying for me, for Romo, Romo has a little Andy Ruther in him, but, Andy Ruther at least presses through like uh, Ruther will start a, a phrase and he'll be like beating a dead Bush. And at least you push through wrong. Tony Romo will start these things and then be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And he'll just like abandon it in the middle. Uh, well, Jim, they've gone to this play one too many times. They're beating it. And then he just stops. Like he freezes. Like, I don't know how this phrase ends. So I'm just going to stop talking. Tony, you talk the whole fucking time, and then ha- half the other time, you just fucking lose. Back. They're going to the what? Is, is there a glitch? What the fuck are you doing? I, I'm i now fully on the anti-Tony Romo train. It took a while to come around, but like, I've never wanted Collinsworth so bad. I, I talked to multiple people who said they want SpongeBob. Like, they went to SpongeBob last night. I mean, you know, we did rabble. Think about that. There's the Manning cast. Here, here's what happened. Where's Gus Johnson these days? He's at Fox. 
I he doesn't even call football. I don't think. I would like to. I would like to get Gus Johnson on the phone and propose something to him. I'm like, forget Fox, dude. How much could they possibly be paying you? Just go GusJohnson.tv. I just want Gus Johnson rabbling every big event. Well, I don't think legally, you know, there's rights issues. But I'm saying you tune into the alternate broadcast. You do the rabble thing. Okay, I gotcha. And then, My- and then GusJohnson.tv could run all the time, no matter what's happening. You know, it's the Grammys, it's the Oscars. Leo! Leo! <laughs> You're like, yes! This is why I pay $19.99 a month for GusJohnson.tv. The not knowing how to just let the game play out is very frustrating. An overtime game. I mean, pretty wild game. And he just won't shut up. What's amazing is that it's like the blueprint is there. If you think about all the great calls over the years, even God, people must have people come around on Joe Buck at this point. Like, You've got to some there's got to be people out there suddenly appreciating Joe, but but like think about all those great moments, the helmet catch, but like the fucking the, the Brady comment, like you hear Joe Buck, you don't hear Troy Aikman. Like, that's not your fucking job, Tony. You're not yeah. supposed to be calling the game. Jim is supposed to be calling the game. You're supposed to be adding fucking color. Or again, just the natural organic noise of the stadium on a, on a huge play at the end. I remember Joe Buck didn't say anything when the Cubs won the World Series. What was that? 2016, 2017, whatever it was. After that huge drought, they just let the stadium noise go through the broadcast. Right? <laughs> Which I think is great too. Just let the crowd and the sounds of the venue just let that permeate i the problem i think romo drank his own kool-aid because everybody was on him big now he can't stop yeah we've created a monster but they're paying they're paying nance and romo like 30 mil a year that's a big contract so they're they're not going anywhere jim nance should just go to his house at pebble beach and just leave Tony Romo to fucking be Jim Nance. You're just you're hurting your legacy just hanging on to this. And, and look, obviously it played out to be a great game. Not everybody agrees, which is weird to me. What that it was a great game? Yeah. Well, it was certainly a boring game to start, correct? Like In terms that's of scoring, yeah. I mean, I would just say it's one of the like it's one of the more boring first halves in terms of scoring, in terms of just like it was a bit sloppy. There's fumbles. There's not a lot like it wasn't it wasn't a great football game to start. But to say an overtime game that included two scores in overtime is boring is ludicrous. What is going on with these rules? What is going on? Well. That the they fixed they fixed it. This is what everybody wanted. No, 
You have an issue the, with the overtime rules now? Well, I, I didn't know this what is you understood. Your, this I, is your overtime rules. This, this is what is, you wanted. This is not my overtime rule. This is when the, this is when the you, clock you, was getting to when it was getting to zero in the overtime. I said, "What are you doing? You yeah, can end." Yeah. Because because no, each team gets a chance to possess the ball. If it had been if it had been the second possession, I believe, then the clock would have mattered. If it had been. If the Niners had had the ball again, the clock would have mattered. But it doesn't matter in that situation because it's a five-minute overtime, correct? So no, let's fifteen. Was it fifteen? They played normal, a full fifteen. They almost played a full fifteen. It was a normal quarter. Okay, so but they did play a full fifteen, right? Whatever, yeah. whatever the case may be, the Niners couldn't have gotten the ball and and milked the clock. And kicked a field goal with no time remaining and the Chiefs lose. You know, each team is going to possess the ball at least once. So, yeah, there was. On that particular drive, there was an unlimited amount of time. Now, the Chiefs knew and apparently they had prepared for this all season long and the Niners had no clue what was going on. Correct. Although, you know, there's there's. Everybody is talking after the game. The Niners clearly did not go over this, but funny enough, the the Chiefs are now also playing. They're like, we we prep for this. We 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 had twenty meetings about this, and then in one of the post game, you know, things at the uh, that when they're doing the post game broadcast, Mahomes jumps up there and says that uh, that McCall Hardman had no idea that the game was over. <laughs> He's like, we just won the Super Bowl, bro. And he's like, oh, I didn't fucking know. Literally on camera going like, I had no idea the rules. So no, he was on the Jets. They said they 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 went over all this in preseason. Right. But they also there was also a couple claims that like every week of the Super Bowl, every week leading up to the Super Bowl, we've gone through this and blah, blah, blah. So. You know, I came really close on one of my real difficult bets. It was a sixty-plus yard field goal. Wow! Five five dollars one. I, I I did a whole five dollars. Five dollars. The payout was like one eighty-five, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, they're close a couple yeah. times. Because what they somebody kicked a fifty-seven yarder, right? Fifty-seven yarder from Harrison Bucker. Yeah, two. I believe there was two kicking records in the game, right? The first one, the fifty-five yarder, was a new Super Bowl record, and then the fifty-seven yarder was a Super Bowl record. Yeah. That's wild. And he went 60. I almost hit, I I placed three different exact score bets. And all of them, I was, I was like right that around all origami, right? What's that? There's never been a 25, 22, right? Not in a Super Bowl, I'm sure. Um, But I, so my, my betting strategy and it goddamn near worked is I was, I bet three different exact scores, all right around the over-under number, all right around, all adding up to 47, 48, um, all with the Chiefs winning a close game. And all, like, big numbers, like, instead of doing, like, I, I predicted on the show the other day, I think I said 27, 23. So I bet that, I bet, 26 22 
So I was a point off on that, but all wonky numbers too, because those gave you better odds. And there were so many moments where I was like, it's going, it's going to, this is going to happen. And then when they got in overtime, I'm like, I'm fucked because the only way it happens now is if somebody scores a touchdown and then the other team comes back, like they're not going to come back and score a field goal. So it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, look, man, I took, I took my, my boy Mahomes to win the MVP. I took the Chiefs to win. I took that. I took that 50, 50 rushing yards combined between Purdy and Mahomes. The over Mahomes was there for you. I bet the over Mahomes. I I kept. I bought three different plus over Mahomes uh, thirty five, over Mahomes forty, over Mahomes forty five. I think he went for 60 and change. This is one of the few games where everything I kind of I called out actually happened. Like, I, like my buddy who was there, who's a big Niners guy. I'm actually going to pull up the text to see exactly what I wrote. I said, when he asked me who I got, and I said, you know, I said I was picking the Chiefs. And then I said, I mean, it literally played out how I thought it would. Close game, Mahomes comes down and wins it at the end. Yeah, I wrote, should be a great game, but in a close game, I can't bet against Mahomes. It's like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Close close game. Like, you knew, right? We both knew. Oh, shit, he's going to get the ball. Like, he's not going to fuck it up. Yeah. He's just not. Patrick, and, and I know... I know we dissed Romo, but he did say something I agree with. Mahomes has the growing up. I always had the, okay, Michael Jordan's going to make it work. The Bulls are going to win. Like I never had doubt ever watching those Bulls teams. That's how I feel when the game is on the line with Mahomes. It's a foregone conclusion to me. Yeah. That's why I was like, oh, Niners, you guys scored I, Honestly, I, I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that they came down and scored a touchdown at the end of the regulation. I was like, this is, we're not going to overtime here. Yeah, I thought that too. But once they were in overtime, you're like, and then, of course, we get the overtime of who takes the ball. This is, that, that was, people are hammering Shanahan for that. And I think. What's right, wrong with that? I think rightfully so. Because really? I think especially if you're playing Mahomes. If I was going against Mahomes or if I was going against the Eagles team that does the tush push or whatever. Now, conversely, if I was going against somebody who maybe I didn't trust in a pressure situation, if I was going against somebody who I felt like the ball in their hands with the game on the line might make it tougher for them, I would go the other way. Possibly, but the truth is, is exactly what happened. The, the, the chiefs got a fourth. They went for it on fourth down because they knew they needed to score at least a field goal to extend the game. If the chiefs get the ball first where they were on the field, they don't go for a fourth down. They punt. Yeah. And, and the Niners and the Niners have a chance to win the game. They were on their own side of the field. They punt. So the idea of handing the game 
and saying Patrick Mahomes will know precisely what he needs to do to tie or win the game when he gets the ball. This isn't your old fashioned overtime. This isn't, we'll take the ball and the win. It's like, this isn't even regular season overtime. We'll take the ball and the touchdown and we'll get the fuck out of here. This is everybody's getting the ball, man. Now, uh, you know, I almost threw out some names. I don't know, necessarily know that there's names out there who specifically I don't trust in those situations, but there's a couple guys, you know, I might, I might take the ball first and, and get some points on the board and kick it to Kirk cousins. I might, I might be like, all right, here you go on this fourth. Now, you know, you have fourth down, you have, you're in four down territory, of the whole field, but maybe you'll throw it nine yards short of the sticks on fourth down. Do you see the Kirk Cousins curse? <coughs> no. It's still is the going. Kirk Cousins, is the Kirk Cousins curse, what is this tied to specifically? So no team that's lost to Kirk Cousins has ever won the Super Bowl. That's amazing. And the Niners lost to them this year. Amazing. I love this. Also, like the Niners, I don't know if you saw, There's there's a couple people that, tweeted or put out thing but essentially uh the Niners quarterback situation of getting Jimmy Garoppolo and then through a a various number of things ending up with Brock Purdy instead of some of the quarterbacks who they could have drafted in the years since whatever that would be 2015 or something like that or 20 whatever um the, the number of guys they could have had in a draft in whatever uh, they didn't do it because Kyle Shanahan really wanted Kirk cousins and free agency. That was the, we're not going to make a move for a QB. We're not going to look at Patrick Mahomes in the draft. We're not going to draft this guy. We're not going to draft that guy. We're getting Kirk cousins, which hilarious. That's, that's interesting. I mean, they were right there. And then also Kirk Cousins came up numerous times throughout the game because there was a couple of Jesus commercials. Uh, the, the Jesus Farmers of America got Jesus with just like priest cum stamens on your lips. <laughs> were, the, mean... were, the, were the Jesus commercials the weirdest fucking thing to have to like, you're just like everybody's enjoying football and then just Jesus Christ is on the screen? Were those the same ones that they, they started running last year? Yeah. Yeah, the Got well, Jesus ads. So I'll be honest. I wasn't fully vested as much this year in the commercials. I'm truly not any year. And then, full disclosure, I did not watch the halftime show. I had to watch it today. Wow. Why? Because Isla needed, she was fussy and I needed to rock her in her bed or in her room to put her back to bed. Like she woke up. Seems like you should have brought her down and rocked her to Usher. She wouldn't have gone back to sleep after that. I, I, you know what? I watched it today. I think it was a great halftime show. I, I got to say, I think Dude, for, he can dance, man. He can dance. Yeah, sure. He can dance. Um, it's funny, like, you know, I know all those Usher songs and they're all like hits and you're all like, yep, that one, that one, that one. I can't name fucking half of the ones he played, but like, I know them. 
But at the same time, like none of them get me real hype. Like, yeah, it gets you fucking. You know, you know what it is? It's just that you're a few years older. It is. It's just that you're a few years older. Cause I saw somebody tweet this and it I was like, that nails it. Like Usher for me is high school college. All like a lot of those songs. So for me, it brings it brings me back to that, like a positive, like for at least in my life, like a positive time frame of like the partying and not having a care in the world. Now I was a little bummed he didn't play You Make Me Wanna. Like that was my first. Yeah. When I was, I think, a sophomore in high school, that was my first, like, oh, I kind of ended this guy. Yeah. But especially college, I hear those songs and I just think of those memories. I think maybe there's something about being like, obviously, when you go to like I was in my you're when you're in college and high school, I'm in I'm in my first years living in New York City. And you're going to bars and you're going to clubs and you're whatever. And I think that this might be where the divide is with Usher is like Usher is almost like a little too pop, a little too R&B, a little too soft for like, I mean, you would hear an Usher song when you'd be out in New York City, but you wouldn't hear like a lot of them. It was like way more like hip hop driven, you know, like I wouldn't say Usher's hip hop by any means but then of course yeah comes out and like it's got ludicrous it's got little john it's got whatever now that song's fucking everywhere so i don't know that might be the divide also it's just like i feel like there's probably parts of the country probably if i had done my early 20s in la or miami or atlanta or something like that it's probably way more common just feels like New York City's like a little edgier than maybe like a lot hearing a lot of Usher out. Yeah, I mean he's totally pop for sure. But like and I was like, it's it's good. It it was a good halftime. It was entertaining. I mean the cameos, you know, he had a lot of great cameos. And, and he was and, on roller skates at one point. I mean, I love the roller skate bit. You did? <laughs> Oh fuck yeah. I'm here for it. And like I like Alicia Keys was so big too when I was in college. And then she comes out. And and the truth is I've kind of always crushed on her. So I was like, I've oh. seen Alicia Keys in person and on the streets of New York City. And the thing that jumped out to me about her when I saw her in person is she showed off last night. She got a big old ass. Yeah, she does. I was in the street one time walking and like Thir West 30s in New York City and uh, I'm walking my buddy and I'm like pointing in front of me I'm like yo yo and he's like I know dude it's Alicia Keys I was like wait that's Alicia Keys and he's like yeah dude what are you pointing at I was like her gigantic fucking dumper dog what, what are we talking about like who how have you even looked at her face at this point he's like dude it's Alicia Keys I was like alright we should stop screaming Alicia Keys and big fat ass as we walk eight paces behind her in New York City that's hilarious. She's still with Swiss Beats, right? I'm I'm sorry, Andy. I wish I knew. I just looked it up. She is. I like that you said Swiss Beats, like he's a fucking <laughs> <laughs> my whiteness came out there. Swiss Beats. <laughs> like he's a cheese or he's, he's like a, he's a he's a, he's a, like he's like a pocket cheese. knife. <laughs> yeah. 
again, I liked it, man. Like he could, like I, like that gets me a little turnt. A lot of those hey, songs. Can we get a cup of Swiss Miss with a side of Swiss beets. <laughs> 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 I got my drink. Give my two step. My drink. You know that song. <laughs> I didn't even know she was with Swiss beets. They've been married since 2010. No idea. Yeah, man. Come on. Do you, Alicia, take Mr. Beats, take Swizz <laughs> to be your all-awful husband? For richer or for poorer? We'll never be poor, bitch! <laughs> yeah, you and see. do you, Swizz, take Alicia, your big old fat dumper? Because a lot of people were making jokes about that on Twitter, about... Oh, he was dancing like, yeah, that's someone's husband, man, or wife. I mean, that's someone's that's someone's wife, Usher. That's Miss, that's Mrs. Beats. I what did I say? I said little John was gonna come out. Did I not say that? I said, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think you were getting plus money on that. If you had no, you did. You, you said little John wouldn't come out. I said I said he wouldn't come out, but I don't think you were getting. You know, I don't think that was a long shot. I'm surprised Ludacris. I'm more surprised Ludacris came out. Full, full Afroed out. Especially after what Cat Williams said about him. <laughs> I mean, especially after Cat Williams said he basically sold out to the Illuminati for two hundred million dollars. Well, showing up at the Super Bowl doesn't make you uh, doesn't discredit that claim, does it? No. No, it doesn't. No, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I always wonder the field damage. I know it's artificial turf. Well, Mikey and I were talking about that during the game or during the halftime show because Usher starts walking on the field. And I'm, and Mikey goes, do you think that they've like limited? Do you think they have like a limited stage? They're not doing as big of a stage this year because like he's going to stay like he's on the field. So it doesn't like her. And then they cut to like the overhead shot when he goes like back up on the stage of it on fire and, uh, and he's like, all right, forget that. <laughs> We're like, I wonder if they're staying on the turf instead of on a stage. Cause they don't want to fucking, you know, do damage. No stage stage came out. Yeah. Usher managed to do the whole performance without tearing anything. And then Dre Greenlaw tears. <laughs> running back on the field tears his Achilles or whatever. The way he planted, you're like, fuck. That turf will get you, man. Yeah, turf monster. Look, I, I think we all, if you're a football fan, you're not surprised. And it's like, you just can't bet against these guys, man. You know, I, I, I saw, thought it, there's... I'll take you through my thought process throughout like the weekend slash uh, uh, early in the game. So I told you on the show on Thursday, I was like, the only thing that's making me scared about like a close chiefs win, which is what I, what I thought basically the second, the championship games ended, I was like, here we go. Three point chiefs win four point chiefs win. Like, that's just like what I saw happening. Um, was the line not fucking the line comes down, but then it goes back up like the line never got to eat an even game. It never got to the chief side, even though the entire world seemingly was on the chiefs. So you're like, damn, does that mean the big money's on the Niners? Like, how is Vegas doing this? 
or are there just like secretly a, people out there that are betting on the Niners but not saying anything? I don't know. Really felt like the whole world thought the Chiefs were going to win. Um, but the number doesn't move that much. Then on TikTok, I'm watching TikTok last week and I see, or like over the weekend, it TikTok, it feels like the one thing about TikTok is there's a lot of um, people who do like, not I don't want to say impersonation, but there's a lot of like recycled material. So I saw one guy go like, the whole world's fucking stupid. We're, you're a prisoner of the moment. Look at this the whole year. The whole year the Niners have been dominant. The whole year the Chiefs have been suspect. And now the whole world's on the fucking Chiefs. You're dumb. And I I like, I was like, okay, well, I just like kind of rolled my eyes and scrolled on. And then probably because I watched the whole thing, the TikTok, the algorithm was like, did you like that? Because I can show you 25 more guys with the same fucking take. And then I started getting pissed off and like commenting. I'm like, the Super Bowl is literally never about the regular season. It's about who's hot. Like do the fucking do the undefeated Pats next. Like it, it, that take brought me away from my fear about the number not moving. I was like, these people are all fucking idiots. The Chiefs are hot. The Niners aren't. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have coach quarterback defense. I'm fucking back on the Chiefs. Then the game starts. And I'm like, well, maybe everybody's right now is wrong. Because <laughs> it's it did not start great for the Chiefs. But when it was only 10 nothing, I was like, hmm. And, and I did. I live bet them. I live bet the Chiefs money line in that moment. And I was like, here we go. Before they came down and fucking scored, I was like, let's just get let's just get the 10 nothing live money. Yeah, I thought they were gonna score a touchdown before half. Obviously, they only got three, but it's just like nothing they just there's nothing that where they're going to be down too much and let nothing. me say so let me say something about that about you saying they're not down too much i feel like the lions the eagles the fucking the 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 desperate teams that we've seen in football i feel like a lot of those teams go for it before the half we need seven. We need to go yeah. in the locker room. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like kick a field goal, make it a one score game. Come out, do the fucking thing. Like the whole, the whole fucking and and you can go back to the argument I had in week one after I posted it. I said if the Lions are so goddamn good, are, are so good, how come they play so goddamn desperate? And the analytics people are fucking crying in their fucking soup right now. The Niners basically, like George Kittle said again this weekend, he was on, I think, fucking pardon my take or whatever. He said, we knew we were going to win when the fucking Lions went for it on fourth down and we stopped them. Like the analytics crowd and their fucking lack of momentum. Dude, the Chiefs, the whole postseason played the opposite of desperate. They never played desperate once. All right. Cool. We'll take the points. We'll take the points and we'll try to get a stop and we'll get fucking points. And before you know it, the Chiefs are winning that football game. Quietly winning that football game. They didn't need a fourth down conversion here and a fucking go for it on this one. And now they're going for it on their own side of the field. Like, So 
I actually read an article about what you're talking about today in the athletic. It says Andy Reid stayed the course and the Chiefs Super Bowl win. And that's what all the players said. They said the exact same thing. They're like, when we were down, we just stuck with the game plan. It didn't matter when we were down 10 points that they weren't going to get all crazy on offense and abandon the run and get crazy with the scheme on defense. It was just, we're going to stick to what we're doing. We're only down 10. And they did. And they kept punting and they kept doing what they had to do. And we all see how it happens in the second half. And the how about the punt? Dude, the punt, that's the game. The punt going off that guy's foot. I, there are so many times, dude, I'm a New York Giants fan. And sorry to fucking dig up your past Niners. But in the NFC Championship game in San Francisco, on the Giants' second Super Bowl run, the Giants got two turnovers on punts. And it was a fucking game changer. Because when you get those turnovers, you're deep in their territory already. Just like it happened with the Chiefs yesterday. They punted. There's a lot of these coaches who are like, well, we can't fucking punt here. We got to go for it. Or we got to fake punt. Or we got to go whatever. And it's like the Chiefs punted. The Chiefs got a turnover. And that turnover was the single moment in the game. That was the game. Yeah, I mean, in, in, I mean, that's, that's the way they play. That's what they've played all year in this run. They don't get desperate. They just don't, man. They trust their players. We have a great freezing, freezing cold take on this game from Kyle Aronofsky. No, no, Kyle. This was, I believe, Friday or Saturday. He left this call. His okay. prediction. What's going on, boys? Calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series Championship. I am uh, listening to the Super Bowl preview pod and wanted to kind of give my prediction and just my overall maybe hot take, maybe obvious takes on uh, the game. And I don't understand why people think the Chiefs win a close one. The Niners were at home for both of their playoff games and essentially escaped both of those games against teams in the regular season that were very inferior to them. And now just, you know, they're playing in a neutral site and people are putting the Niners kind of on a pedestal and they're the favorites against the defending champions with the best quarterback maybe in the history of the sport who went on the road for three games won them all and are back in their comfort zone with the experienced players, the better coach, the far better quarterback, comparable defense. I don't think this game is even, I don't want to say it's not within reach. I think it'll be within reach, but I don't think it'll ever be close. I don't think we'll ever be sitting up in our, in our chairs like, Oh my God, it could change here. I don't think it's going to be a very exciting game. Kind of like maybe the Bucks chief Super Bowl from a few years ago or maybe the Packers-Steelers Super Bowl uh, from like 10 years ago or so, 13 years ago, something like that. I just don't see this one being close. My final score prediction is 
Chiefs 34, Niners 23. Uh, play this on the on the post game call, and maybe I'll look like an idiot. That won't be the first time on this uh, on this podcast, but I think anyone who thinks this is close is fucking idiot. Bet the Chiefs minus six and a half. Well, so I mean, Kyle dug his own grave there at the end with anybody who thinks it's close is an idiot and minus six and a half. Um, but otherwise, if you take if you sort of take the bookends of that call off and you take off him saying, yeah, who, you're a fucking retard if you think it's going to be close, basically, on both ends of the call. And you listen to what he says. It's all the reasons that the Chiefs are going to win a game despite having a, a worse regular season, despite having a worse roster top to bottom, despite all the things. Like, it's not bad football analysis of why the Chiefs are going to win this game, even though Vegas has the Niners as a favorite, even though the Niners on paper are the better team. And we agreed with that. But the Chiefs didn't – when's the last time the Chiefs scored 34 points? Like, the Chiefs – like, like how many games this year do you think the Chiefs scored 34 points in? Like, they're all of a sudden going to do it in the Super Bowl? Well, that was my thing. My, my thing, I knew it was going to be low scoring. Yeah. Now they fucking go right at the number, essentially. I bet I bet the over three different times uh, during the week. I lost one, and I kept increasing my bet, thankfully. I lost one. I pushed one. I won one because the number went from 47.5 down to 46.5 in some places. And then, thankfully, with overtime, you get a 25-22, exactly 47 game. But it was without overtime. It's 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 a way under. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, the idea, everything we just said about how the Chiefs have been playing, the Chiefs aren't blowing somebody out because they're going to punt. They were even talking about it. there was a play late in the game where they where Romo said, oh, Patrick's about to like unload one downfield here. And then he doesn't because why even take a chance for a pick when I can tell like, like Patrick Mahomes that he has the defense now where he doesn't need to make those throws. That's why we're seeing Patrick Mahomes take the 10 and 15 yard runs all the time. Now, after he sits in the pocket for a little longer, as opposed to chucking it downfield in the, because before he didn't have a, he didn't have a defense and now he does. So Patty game manager, is now playing a completely different style of play based on the type of defense that they have. And they're not going to blow somebody out. They're not going to blow. Honestly, I can't think of a team that they could play in this Super Bowl that they blow out. Like, there's probably three teams in the league that they blow out in this Super Bowl. I think everybody plays them, you know, to a single-digit game. Yeah, they're just not a blowout team. And conversely... They're gonna fucking kill you. Death by a thousand cuts. They're gonna oh, yeah. fucking they're gonna they're gonna beat you in the end. And they're not a blowout team, but their defense is also just gonna be like, dude, you're not gonna be scoring. What would they say during the broadcast? The Niners in actual real time minutes went like a hundred minutes without a first down. Yeah. The defense is just steady, man. Now we gotta do it. I've seen some I've seen mostly uh universal. Well, 
Brock Purdy showed up. No more to this Brock Purdy doesn't belong shit. Brock Purdy showed up. I have two Brock Purdy takes on this game. Again, I want to reiterate for the people who have come at me. Like, I'm a Brock Purdy fan. I like Brock Purdy. Uh, in the end yesterday, I ended up. After, so the whole week I was talking about like, what's my rooting interest going to be? And in the end, what happened is I just had more money on the chiefs. So I rooted, I wasn't rooting against my own financial success. Um, also shout out to Clayton Carter. I, I, <laughs> I was talking about being a Bovada better last week because we don't have legal gambling here. I, I bet all of my Bovada money. I bet all the money in my in my Bovada bankroll uh, yesterday over the course of the weekend. And then also shout out to Crypto Ranta. Uh, I didn't want to deposit anymore into um, into Bovada because they make you they love for you to deposit via Bitcoin. And I don't want to get rid of any Bitcoin that I happen to be on because Bitcoin, as Crypto Ranta will tell you, is on the up and up. So I'm not taking I'm pulling any of my Bitcoin out. And uh, so shout out to Clayton Carter, who was also put me on to another gambling site that I could use for some last minute bets that I had to make for friends and family. Um, but in the end, I was essentially rooting for the Chiefs because I had money on the Chiefs, more money sprinkled on Chiefs things than I did on whatever. But my two Brock Purdy takes on this are one. I surprisingly one of the few. Uh, player bets that I lost was Brock Purdy under the rushing yards. It felt like, and you tell me if you agree, but the whole playoffs, especially in the late in the other two games, Brock Purdy taking off was really like a nice weapon for them to have. Now, Spags maybe got himself into the hall of fame as a defensive coordinator with this game. He now has four super bowls as a defensive coordinator. Um, he had a great, uh, attack, but did it feel like Brock <laughs> was afraid to take off a little bit in this game? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't want to say the moment is too big for him because he made a bunch of big throws and he made a bunch of great plays and he, or when he did, it, it was, it wasn't, it was it wasn't full throttle yeah it was he was he was a little bit scared to go and patrick mahomes wasn't and patrick mahomes had a couple of those runs that really broke the game and it felt like the reason i went over on both of those guys is it felt like throughout the playoffs both of them had that in their bag it's like all right if you put a good scheme on and you send one extra guy and I get flushed out by him and I somehow escape. Now I'm gone. And it felt like Brock Purdy was hesitant even when he did run. So I didn't love that that felt like the moment was too big for him. The other Brock Purdy hot take I'm going to make is, and, and I know that this is a, I know that we're comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. But if you traded just the quarterbacks, now we've got a blowout game, right? If you trade yeah. just the quarterbacks, that's a fucking old-timey 90s Super Bowl 41-16 
Niners, right? If Patrick Mahomes is on that Niners roster, that's a fucking blowout. And I understand we're comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, but that being said, um, I don't think that happens that often in Super Bowls, even when, you know, like the Tom Brady Super Bowls, even the, like, there, there's a lot of Tom Brady Super Bowls where you look at, like, is it really a fucking huge difference in the game if you swap Donovan McNabb and Tom Brady in that game? Is it a huge, you know, is that, su- is that suddenly a, a fucking Eagles blowout? Like, I don't think so. Is that, you know, I mean, obviously get your, get your drinks ready. The greatest divide in Super Bowl history. You had an 18 and 0 Patriots team. If you swap Eli and Tom Brady on that team, does, is the game much different? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I'd argue maybe the, in a sense, the, the Pats have a better chance of winning. <laughs> like, I don't know, but in this game, you swap Patrick Mahomes for Brock Purdy. This is not a football game. And I think that that's the only criticism. Like Brock has certainly proved himself in the NFL, but you get to the end of here and it's you against the other team. Like you can't be the significantly worse quarterback on that field and have a chance to win. And yet they did because their roster is so much better. But also, like, there's there's only one Patrick Mahomes. That's what I said. But there was only one Tom Brady too. That was my point. You know, I, there's I, only one Peyton Manning. There's only I one. Mean, I mean, I mean, at this point, you have to look at. So, like, if you're a fan in the AFC, this is what you got, man. This is what you're going against. Like, this is what you're going against. So when you have your chance, a la Bengals Rams, you better fucking win it. You better fucking win it. And you're the Ravens. And you're the best record in the NFL. Listen, I'll 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 do you one better, Andy. I think that this is the this is the NFL right now. Cause in the end, he's gonna be there. Like you can do all your work to get out of the NFC. If you don't meet Patrick Mahomes, like if you don't meet Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, you better win it. Like good on fucking Matthew Stafford for getting his in the Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes wasn't there. Like Joe Burrow is great, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not. No, I, I would say that we talk about these top five, top three, top two, top whatever. You know, there's there's always going to be an argument on who's who's two, who's three, who's four, who's five. We're all, it's going to be a long time but we have before we have a conversation about who's one. Exactly. Nobody's retiring. These guys all want three in a row. Well, no one's retiring right now. That's for sure. And and that and that ties back to where people are already doing it. They're already doing the goat conversation. And obviously, you know me. I'm not a ring counter. I don't. I don't ring count. If I did, I would remind people that Tom Brady is tenth or. You know, Michael Jordan is 10th all time in NBA rings. I'm not a ring counter. So I don't think Patrick Mahomes has to get to seven. If Patrick Mahomes wins five, 
if Patrick Mahomes goes five and one or five and two in Super Bowls and retires without CTE and retires with all his fucking things in place, like I don't even really know if it's a matter of five. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like the gap's closing pretty quickly, but I'm not a ring counter guy. I also think if you're another team, again, especially in the AFC, it's almost deflating for them to win another one like they did. Because you're like, fuck. So we got to go against now all the time. The Chiefs the, aren't, who, that's the thing. The Chiefs aren't going to be a less complete team next year. They're not going to be. No. They're going to address holes. They had holes. They have receiver holes. They have, you know, they have they have the defense. They're probably, I'm sure they're going to have an, uh, an issue where they start, like, they can't pay everybody and blah, blah, blah. And they already did that. They are 2-0 and in Super Bowls after Tyreek Hill left. They're not going to be less complete. It's going to be tough. They got killed at home. On Christmas Day against the Raiders. I think about that. Like that wasn't that long. Like, like the offense it's, couldn't it's, do it's now Shaq. It's now Shaq and the Lakers. It's like it is cool. like uh, it is. Are, are they the seven seed? Are they the six? Are they the five, the four, the three, the two, the one? It doesn't matter. Nobody would want to play them. Nobody. Well, at this point, at this point, what is the situation that you're going to be in? They've been in the Super Bowls. They've been in multiple Super Bowls. They've been on the road in Buffalo in January. They've been on the road in Baltimore in January. Where are you going now? Oh, we got to go to the Raiders in January. Well, we just want a Super Bowl at the Raiders Stadium. So. Oh, we got to go to the SoFi for the Harbaugh Chargers for the division on the line. Who gives a fucking shit? Oh, we got to go to Houston. Oh, CJ Stroud has this had an MVP season, and now we've got to we've got to go to Houston in the opening round. That's what I'm saying. Like this, this team was clearly by far their worst team. Oh, we've got to go to Chileville, USA. Although I wouldn't even say it's their worst team. They have such a great defense this year. Yeah, exactly. They just have kind of flipped the script a little. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes played probably his the best statistic Super Bowl. <laughs> like big, great Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean the pick was bad, but like, I think that's the most yards he's thrown for in a Super Bowl. Almost four hundred total yards. You throw in those those rushing yards. Yeah. But that's my point, Joe. If you're if you're a Lamar Jackson guy, if you're a Joe Burrow guy, if you're Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, any of these teams, like guys, this is what you're playing against. This is what you're playing against. Good luck come playoff time. Right, which is why, like, listen, I'm on the I'm on the Justin Herbert, Jim Harbaugh train. I've been saying since they fired Brandon Staley before they hired Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, and I doubled down on it. Like, give me my Justin Herbert, uh, 
give me my Justin Herbert MVP fucking odds today. Give me my Chargers win the AFC West today. Give me the fucking Chargers in a two seed playing the Chiefs cakewalking through the fucking regular season as a seven seed beating the shit out of them and so in their first playoff game. You know what I mean? Like, give me it. I don't think the Chiefs will be a seventeen, and I don't think the fucking Chargers will be a two seed. But you get my you get my gist. Yeah, I know. It, it's just like with him, there's just no doubt ever. Come playoff time, and, and again, we talk regular season. That's why I always say, like, I honestly don't really give a shit that much about regular season. You just, you just have to get, you have to be in the playoffs. You just got to get there, man. You just got to get there. It's, it, let's it, talk it's, about, let's talk about Shanahan. Let's talk about the Niners. Let's talk about whatever. Like the Chiefs, dude, if Travis Kelsey retires, it doesn't look like he's retiring this year for sure. He wants three in a row. Um, Travis Kelsey doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Andy Reid doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Patrick Holmes clearly isn't going anywhere. Their defense is good. Spags is, isn't going anywhere. Like the Chiefs are set until one of those big pillars falls. If we lose a Reed or a Spags or a Kelsey or a Mahomes, and obviously Mahomes is the Mahomes is the true Mahomes is the foundation with which this is all built on. But all those guys were also great at their jobs, exceptional at their jobs. No one as is as exceptional at their job as Patrick Mahomes is at his. But um, until one of those things goes, we don't really have to. They're going to be there regardless of their seat. Let's talk about the Niners. Shanahan's got blown double-digit losses in two Super Bowls as a head coach. Blown huge biggest blown Super Bowl as a offense coordinator. He has gotten there with the best roster. He's gotten there with Jimmy G. He's gotten there with Brock Purdy. Are they going to be like, they're, Dude, they're be, set they're, up. They're, well, first of all, why do you abandon the run? Well, that's a whole other fucking. And then they go back to the run and then they start driving again in the fourth quarter. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I look, the Niners aren't going anywhere though. That's a thing. Cause they're too loaded. They're too well, loaded. But are they, are they going to a Super Bowl? Like let's just like pencil it in next year. Like all things considered, like, Let's just go. We run it back. Cut flash to flash cut to one year from now. We're in New Orleans for the Super Bowl. Chiefs Niners. Disregard who gives a fuck how the regular season went. Do you have any? Do you get like how many games out of 10 do you give the Niners a chance in? They bring all the weapons back. Everybody's healthy. All the fucking things. You can look at a couple moments in this game, the punt, you know, Greenlaw getting hurt, the uh, like all these fucking things. 
And in the end, we all felt like Patrick Mahomes was lurking. That, I mean, I, I, I'd almost argue if they don't muff the punt, do the fucking Chiefs win in regular in regulation because they fucking get a stop there and then there's less time on the clock and then they go like, like yeah, it was a game changing moment, but it's not like the Chiefs were fucking dead and buried if they catch that kick. Like Patrick Mahomes is, he's just there. Like it's a Super Bowl or bust league, and you bend twice. And you added the McCaffrey. And you found your QB. And you locked up some of your defensive players. And Ayuk has come alive. And Jennings had the game of his fucking life. And can the, can the Shanahan Niners team win a Super Bowl? Well, I mean, they can for sure. If the, if the Chiefs don't get there, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, look, that's the thing. You just don't want to play the Chiefs. Nobody wants to play the Chiefs. I learned that last year. I thought I thought the Eagles would win last year. I learned my lesson. Think, think, think about Patrick Mahomes right now. Think about it. He's played, what, six years? His only playoff losses are to Tom Brady and an insane comeback, which was, you know, a great defensive second half of the Bengals like against Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he's... he's... And, I don't, and I'd argue, the, listen, the, the, the Bucs thumped them in the Super Bowl. You want to fucking do the rigged, the fucking refs, the whatever. The first, the first playoff loss to Brady is, is of all the people fucking screaming about the Chiefs. If there was any rigging for the Chiefs that have happened in the last few years, it's all to make up for that fucking nonsense. The fake, the the fraudulent roughing the passer, or Tom, the phantom touch of Tom Brady. You got into Tom Brady's fucking outer rim. I thought it was a pretty well officiated game yesterday. Yeah, right. We didn't talk. We didn't have to talk about the refs, which was nice. Yeah, it's pretty well officiated. So, we have a call related to uh, another Super Bowl. I think this is kind of interesting. What's going on, Dirty Sports? This is Hunter from Michigan. Do you guys have any big regrets when it comes to sports, whether it's watching sports, whether it's playing sports? For me, my honestly, one of my biggest regrets is the fact that when the 17-0 Patriots or the 16-0 Patriots, I can't remember which one, uh, played the Giants in that Super Bowl, and I, I still fucking can't believe it, and I still cringe every single time. I was rooting for the Patriots during that Super Bowl. And it really was just because 
um, I was fully just bought into the lie that like the older, you know, males in my life had sold me that was just like, you know, Tom Brady plays the game the, the right way. He's the respectful way. And this team is just so good and respectful of the game. And, and they're, you know, respectful of America and, you know, just shit like that. And it's like every single time I listen to this podcast and you guys talk and, you know, Prano talks about that Super Bowl, I just internally cringe every single time because I remember as a small child rooting for the New England Patriots. I was rooting for fucking the Death Star to blow up Alderaan. Like, and I just cannot believe that I was to this day. So uh, what are your big sports regrets? <laughs> well, first of all, I was rooting for the Patriots too. Shameful. Like, shameful. It's not shameful. You know why? Oh, you wanted to see 18. You want to see 19. Yes. Oh, you wanted to see yes. history. I want to see history. You want to see, see whatever. Did. You didn't give a fuck that they were probably cheating their way to 19 and 0. You didn't give a fuck about any of that shit. You're just like, you were literally rooting for the Death Star. I, then I was. And Darth Vader's great. In fact, as an adult, I like Darth Vader better than fucking Luke Skywalker. Chop off his other hand. Darth Vader's a, a boss. So. I that, think, that, Andy, that, I, I, hold on. Gonna happen Andy, again in my life. Hold on, Andy. I, I would like to say, you say that now, but when Luke and Leia have the Skywalker cast and they're both in quarter zips and Luke is pointing shit out with his robot hand as to what they're doing wrong on these Jedi fucking runs, you're going to be like, you know what? Turns out Luke was the man the whole time. Look. You're obviously a Giants fan. I, in a way, don't have a dog in the fight. But what I did want to see was history. I wanted to see 19 and 0. I wanted to see it. And also the 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 Miami Dolphins, the old guard, the old heads, the 1972 Dolphins popping the champagne every year. Mercury Morris, all those guys, I found obnoxious. I'm like, this is a team, man. This is modern football. This is not Larry Zonka. So I have no I have no regrets rooting for that Patriots team. In fact, conversely, I still sometimes think about that and think, God damn, it would have been great if the Patriots went undefeated. It would have been amazing. It's 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 the same way I was like the 72 and 10 Bulls. I was like, duh, this is pretty awesome. And then obviously Golden State breaks that, but they don't win the title. I'm here for the records. I don't know what he's talking about. Tom Brady playing the game. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Cause that also that year that tip generally good rule to stand by. Um, the fucking sports takes your boomer parents are yelling at you are ludicrous and fucking probably wrong. <laughs> like, um, because, I mean, first of all, that Patriots team that year was, weren't they getting hammered for, like, beating the snot out of teams and, like, not taking their foot off the gas and trying to set records and Randy Moss and all that shit? And they were all, like, whatever. So it's, like, it's not like they were, like, you know, whoever the fucking backup of the team was was getting a whole lot of goddamn run that year. And they were, like, oh, we're, we're, we're playing the right way. We fucking don't set, like, what the fuck ever. Um, you know, uh, weirdly uh my 
hatred of I always hated the Eagles and I always hated the Cowboys, but my hatred of like my learned to hate of NFC East teams or like Giants rivals in some way was uh probably regretful. Like I rooted for the Redskins in the year after the Giants won the Super Bowl uh, against the Bills. I was like, oh yeah, fuck, fuck that Bills team. Cause the Bills had like gotten under my skin so much in the year before and all this shit talk. The Giants didn't have any chance. The Giants have a backup quarterback. You're not gonna win. And then the fucking Bills like acted like, oh, we fucking won the Super Bowl. Just like our kicker fucked it up. And it's like, guys, you also played a 2019 football game. Like, it's not like you're like the, oh, well, if, if Thurman Thomas didn't lose his helmet and fucking Scott Norwood could kick. So I was rooting for the uh, Redskins in that game. And now I'm kind of like, I wish I was rooting for the fucking Bills. Um, and obviously, you go into the next year, you hate the Cowboys, so you root against them. Um I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that like I was rooting. I was on the wrong side of rooting. You know, I was on the wrong side of rooting um, early on in the early on in the the Bulls uh, campaign, like when they would beat the the Knicks and go to the finals. I was like, all right, well, at least we we lost to the champs. At least Michael Jordan, the greatest player on earth. Like <laughs> retroactively, I wish I was rooting for the fucking Portland Trailblazers. I was I was rooting for the Lakers. <laughs> in uh in their first one um and then I, i'm sure i was rooting for the bulls over the trailblazers and the bulls over the fucking suns or whatever and maybe not the suns because i was a big charles barkley guy but like there were certainly moments in there where i rooted for and then the second time when they came back around i had i had grown up and i officially hated michael jordan and the bulls and then so the second three peat i was rooting against them the whole time I would say I regret rooting for Michael Jordan versus the Blazers. <laughs> oh, you regret that? Yeah. Because I think uh, the other five of the other six, I was probably on the right side. I used to always root against those Lakers teams. The was, some, the, the the Magic Johnson Lakers teams? No, the, the Kobe. Oh, the Shaq. Kobe. Wow, you rooted would, against them. Oh, yeah. And you were Mr. Kobe back then, too. And no, like not yet. no, 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 no. I was, I was, I always wanted the Sacramento Kings to win. Okay. I was, I wasn't Mr. Kobe yet. I, I'll, I can tell you what's funny is it was, it was the Kobe Shaq teams were, it was Nets, Pacers, and Sixers, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. So I rooted for the Lakers in the finals against all three. Because fuck that. Although I did love Jason Kidd. You can't, like all three of those teams, like we hate his Knicks fans. So I rooted for the Lakers through all three. Um, But I would root, I would root against the Lakers. I loved KG, so I would root for the Timberwolves. I loved Weber. I'd root for those Kings teams. I'd root for those teams, root for the Rashid Blazers. But then once it got to the finals, I did root for the Lakers in all three. I did not root for them against the Pistons because I, that's my greatest gambling moment of all time. 
so you asked me my first Super Bowl memory, right? Last episode, and I told you it was like the first grade. The Bengals played the Niners. And then I went through yesterday out of curiosity. I bet I bet you could do this too. I went through every Super Bowl after that. After which one? The the first one I remember, which is 1989. And I wanted to see if I remembered where I watched each Super Bowl. And I've known every single Super Bowl I've watched. Wow. Okay. Which is crazy. Like, I, I know exactly where I was watching the Super Bowl. You think you could do that? Probably. There's, I, I probably have a spot. There's probably a hole in there, but I bet you I could do most of them. That's interesting. Let's do it. I mean, I can tell you. Yeah. Like, okay, that was at a Super Bowl party. Next year, I watched it at my parents' house. My parents. Which one? Out. Which one is this? Niners Broncos. Niners Broncos. Yeah, watched it can, at home. Watched it at home. My parents went out to a Super Bowl party. Giants Bills. Watched it at home. I watched it at home too. I remember watching that with my dad. Redskins Bills. Again, watched it at home, and then it, we're going to start. Then it's going to start getting getting uh i'm gonna start moving well well th- this is where i start moving my buddy travis great school buddy super bowl party this is which one this is cowboys bills well that's the next one okay same thing my buddy travis super bowl party in fact in fact i can tell you i remember what we did that game was such a blowout we started we had a girl who lived in grade school Right by we we started ding dong ditching our house. Like the game was so boring, we just kept fucking ringing the doorbell, running, just kept doing that like all game. This was this was uh, this was Cowboys Bills. That was the one that was at the Rose Bowl. That's the one with Leon Lett and Don Beebe. Correct. Yeah. All right, Cowboys Bills again. Cowboys Bills again. Thirty to thirteen. Where was in that Atlanta. game played? Atlanta. I don't know where I watched it. The new Georgia Dome. Yeah, I don't know where I watched that one. So I can tell you, it was my buddy, same thing, my buddy Travis. It's like three years in a row we watched the Dallas. Then we got Niners, Chargers in Miami. I know I watched that at home. I watched that at Chris Worth's house. Friend of mine, huge screen. Dad yeah. was like a fucking sports financial guy. It was like the spot. Yeah. Super Bowl party, Chris Worth. And the next year, which was Cowboys Steelers. Correct. Which Chris I Worth watched at home. Back to back years. Okay. I watched that at home. Packers, New England. I remember, I remember specifically being in the basement <laughs> watching that one. I know exactly house. where I was for this one. I was at home. We had a Super Bowl party. We had people over. My brother, John, famously called Monroe Jackson throughout this game. That's a whole anybody who knows the Monroe Jackson. Oh, tales. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Famously called Monroe Jackson, I think, after the game. All right. The epic John Elway run win over the Packers. I remember I went to my buddy Matt's house to watch that. That was I'm in college. I watched it in 98. I watched it in a <laughs> 98. That's that's January of 98. Correct. Oh, it's against the Packers. 
I watch it in a fraternity house in at Lehigh University. All my buddies joined the same frat. I watched it at their house. Okay. Next one, Denver goes back to back. They beat Atlanta. For some reason, I don't know why, because I'm a what am I? What am I? A, a junior in, in high school. I remember watching that. My parents went to the Super Bowl party. I remember I was solo, or maybe I was watching I was watching my little brother at my parents' house. This one, and then the next year is Giants, right? No, no, no. Next year is the Rams Titans. Ooh, okay. So the the Elway one I watched in my off campus apartment at Lehigh. And then the Giants one I watched in my off campus apartment at Lehigh. Rams, I don't know where I watch that one. Maybe I was home. I don't know where I watched that one. I knew I watched the Rams. I watched it with my buddy Danny's. We were in his basement. I was rooting for the Titans for some reason. Yeah, same. Because I liked uh, Steve McNair. I like Steve McNair. Same. And for sure, I know where I watched the the Ravens Giants. I was a freshman in college. We went over to uh, one of the upperclassmen of my fraternity's apartments in the old Vandeventer apartments. Watch that bloodbath. I watched it in my off campus apartment. I punched my freezer and broke my hand. <laughs> I broke a finger. Also, I remember a weird memory from that. Earlier in the game, earlier in the day, we took a ride to like, I don't know, Burger King or Arby's or some shit like that. And during the day when you would buy it, you could pick which team you thought would win the game and you wrote your name and address on it and you put it in. And there was, so there was two buckets. And then if you're the team that you picked one, they would go into that bucket and they would pull a name and whoever's name they pulled would get like free whoppers for a year or some shit like that. And I just remember not only did my team lose the Super Bowl, not only did Kerry Collins have the fucking game I knew he was going to have, not only was it was a devastating and only giant Super Bowl loss, not only did I punch my fucking freezer and break a bone in my fucking finger, but uh, for some reason in my mind, I was like, well, guess I'm not getting those fucking whoppers. <laughs> Worst Super Bowl of my life. That's hilarious. All right, next year, I was living in St. Louis for this one. So I'm clearly rooting. This, I'm is, rooting this all would be what? This would be January of, or this would be February Feb of 2001? February of 2002. 2002. Brady's first Super Bowl. I was at my brother's, my brother lived in a townhouse. He was still in school and we went over there. And I remember being bummed again because all I cared about was the Rams winning so that we get a parade so that I could ditch school and go party. And of course they lose. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I, I think I'm, we're going to hit. I mean, this is now, now we're in now we're in early 20 New York City, Joe Prano. I think we're going to have a lot of blind spots here. This will be interesting. This is going to be this is going to be blackout blackoutsville, USA. I don't. Okay. I can't say for sure where I was. So next year we have the Bucks just fucking 
beating the Raiders 48-21. I am a junior in college. I am living in the Coronado Apartments, apartment 8A, because my goal was always to, the goal The goal always was, I was on the eighth floor, the goal was always to run an 8A train on a girl. <laughs> literally, these are my goals in college. Literally, we had that on the wall, it's things to do this semester. One of them was 8A train. <laughs> I mean, un unbelievable. This uh, one, I know for a fact I was at uh, my my second New York city apartment, 20th and second. I remember this is the day that Jimmy Kimmel live premiered and they flew fucking it's hilarious. I was just going to say Warren Sapp on like a helicopter to LA. Yeah. It's the day. Cause the game was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy yep. Kimmel premiered on ABC. So you don't know where you're at. I was, I was at my, I was at my okay. 20th street apartment in New York city, 20th and second. New York City. So the next year, Patriots, Carolina, same thing. I'm in my same apartment in St. Louis, but this is where it sucks because this is where I go through a bunch of these years now where the hangover is strong and the drinking and I'm and I'm sleeping through a lot of these. So like, to be honest, that, that was a pretty good game, right? 32-29. You're sleeping through a lot of the Super Bowls? Oh, I'm missing like key plays. <laughs> oh yeah. Like this is when I'm a degenerate. So like, so like this Patriots Super Bowl, and I and right, that was a good one. Jake DeLome, Tom Brady. I remember going down to my buddy's apartment, like a few floors below me, falling asleep for a lot of the game. This is you're in college. I'm in college. I'm yeah. a, I'm a senior. Now we've reached this is this makes it starts getting easy for me because now we've reached one three one status. Now we're okay. now we're at the one through one, one through one, where fun people meet and party. I'm for sure. I know for a fact I'm at the one through one watching that game. Now the next year, I didn't fall asleep, so I'm I'm on my fifth year in college. Now I'm living in a house in U City, in St. Louis, when the Patriots beat the uh, Eagles. I remember, Eagles. I remember that game. Yep. Yep. In Jacksonville. One through one. The next year we have a game in, in Detroit. Pittsburgh beat Seattle. This game I watched in Greenwich Village. I believe, yeah. It might have been at the Village Lantern. I think I watched it at the Village Lantern in, in Greenwich Village. So I'm living in Las Vegas. Here's what I remember about this game. I used to just go so hard on Friday and Saturdays. So I wake up, I'm laying on the couch. My roommate owned, owned like a two story, three bedroom condo. He's not out. Like the I had the game on the channel. I wake up sometime in the first quarter, just on the couch. Like what is happening? And then the same thing happens the next year. This is how pathetic I am. The next year I'm, <laughs> I'm still living in, I'm not going to parties because I'm just partying too hard in a week. Like I'm not going to like Super Bowl parties. The next week, the next year, I'm still living in the same place in Las Vegas. This is Colts Bears. This is uh, Rex Grossman versus Peyton Manning. This is the Devin Hester kickoff return. Yep. Opening kickoff return. I miss it because I'm sleeping. 
Here's a fun one. I watched this at the one three one. I bet Devin Hester kick return, opening kick. I miss the opening kickoff. I walk in. No one knows I bet this. I was like, "How the fuck did they score?" And they're like, "Oh, Devin Hester ran back the kickoff." I was like, "You had." I like fell to my knee. It was like fucking. It was like out of, uh, uh, God. Why am I blanking? Shawshank Redemption. I'm just like on my knees, rain pouring down on me. Like they're like, "What is?" I just like take Miller lights out. I'm like, ah. And they're like, "Dude, the game just started." I was like, "Dude, it's like it was like 22 to one that he fucking ran back to kickoff. I just made two grand." Or I made, I think I made a 50. I think I made like a 65 dollar bet on it or something like that. So these, like my the two years I lived in Vegas for the Super Bowls, those are. Lots of sleeping. <laughs> Unbelievable. Sleeping through the Super Bowl. So I, I'm just like. You were saying hungover sleep. So wait, you're hungover from Saturday night and then you start drinking on Sunday and then you're no, just no, like. No, no. So so like my, my how I did it when I was living in Las Vegas, the Friday and Saturday, especially my first year when I was a teacher, I'd go so hard. I'd be going out to like. 5, 6 a.m. both Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So my Sundays are just shot. Like, like basically Sundays, I'm just sleeping. And I'm going to bed early. And like, I mean, we, I, I almost feel like dirtballs have to go back a, through thousands of episodes of this podcast and listen to your sports takes knowing you didn't even watch these games. You're fucking <laughs> sleeping through Super Bowls, dog. <laughs> what are we talking about? This guy's weighing in on the great quarterbacks of all time, the great performances. This dude was asleep. Tom Brady's the goat. How the fuck do you know? You're fucking not like you, no. You, like have, the, you have flashes of Jake Delone fucking fucking throwing goddamn dimes and then going back into nap mode. But that's what it was. It wasn't. I'm not saying the whole game. <laughs> this is how this is how Ruther ends up saying shit like Kobe Bryant Killer Instinct because he just hears <laughs> he's like in a halfway fucking dream state and he's just got Kobe Bryant hitting Killer Instinct. He's just like fucking. <laughs> like, Goddamn clockwork oranging himself here. Your friends are like holding your eyes open during the NBA finals, and all you're hearing is dude, killer instinct. (laughs) What's funny about this Super Bowl, remember, it was pouring rain down on Miami, and I'm so out of it. Again, I wake up, I miss the opening kickoff, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, and then it's like pouring rain. I'm like, so out of it. I'm just on the couch. Just completely clueless. Now the next year is your Giants let me Patriots. Just, uh, let me say something. Let me let me do one. One. Uh, this is going to tie back to uh, a question from before. I regret rooting for the Saints in that game. I was rooting for the Saints, and I was talk about flip. Talk about uh, Andy Ruther being a former Killer Instinct guy. We're, we're not the- up to this. We're not up to the Saints game yet. We're, we're nowhere near there. Oh, that's Colts Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay. Oh, it was raining then. Right. I think, I don't know who I was. Yeah, I must have been rooting for the fucking. I don't know. I must have been rooting for the Bears. I think it was rained both of those. I think it rained yeah. both of those games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both those games were Miami. So Giants, right. so Giants Patriots, sadly, I am on the Death Star. On the Death Star. <laughs> No, I am. I am working. You're like, take at that Wookie to the garbage chute. I'm sick of looking at him. 
I'm working at Hotel Oceana. I'm working in their bar and restaurant while the game's on. And it's one of those like small boutique hotels. There's no TV in the fucking restaurant. So I'm sneaking off into hotel rooms, like empty ones. You're like asking the front desk, what room's open? Running into that room when I can, having the TV on to watch the game. So, so full disclosure, I need to rewatch this game. This is, this is, I mean, <laughs> all I'm the years of this, I guess. This guy just like this guy just casually fucking this guy casually fucking gut punching my Eli Manning takes for years. He didn't even watch the fucking Super Bowl. I had to work, man. Why can you rewatch the greatest Super Bowl in history, sir? No, I've obviously watched a lot of it. I, I need to like rewatch it from start to finish. Sounds like a rabble. We've hit we've hit NFL offseason, and instead of Andy Ruther actually having to watch NBA the next six weeks, Andy and I are just gonna rewatch old Super Bowls. You were at what the one three one? Uh yep. So this is a fun, this is my great uh memory. So my buddy Veal lived with this dude, Matt Mark. <laughs> I'm not gonna say names, uh, but he was a fucking drug dealer. And he was the first guy I knew with a mega TV, super mega TV, fucking 65 inches HD. I would go in there and I'd get fucking stoned. I'd take bong hits. And I was like, this is like, I'm living inside these TV shows. Cut to like two years later, they start fucking, you know, the, the, the screens start getting flatter and whatever. And this guy's like, yo, you know, that TV you love so much. You could have it if you get the fuck out of my apartment. And I'm like, bro, what? And he's like, yeah. And now it's one of these big ass motherfucking 65 inch thing. I take it down three flights with a buddy in lower Manhattan. I take it up four flights in Brooklyn. I get it into the fucking thing. It's already an antiquated TV, but I'm like, I have a 65 inch fucking plasma fucking hd blah 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 i got it upstairs with like minutes to spare before the first playoff game of that run which i believe was giants at bucks so i get it up i watch that game then i watch the cowboys game on it giants Upset 13 and three. Romo throws the pick in the end zone. Then I watch the NFC championship game on it at the one, three, one. And then everybody's like, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I was like, what are you talking about? The idea of me leaving. I've spent the last three weeks of the Cinderella run here with the TV. I got into the one, three, one with minutes to spare before the first playoff game kicked off. I was like, I'm fucking going to be at the one, three, one. Everybody came over and at around 1 p.m. I distinctly remember saying, and I remember it's the old Miller Lite cans. Remember the tweener ones, the blue ones? I was like, I'm going to start drinking Miller Lights right now at 1 p.m. And I'm going to drink one every 11 minutes until I pass out or the Giants are getting blown out of this football game. Or the Giants fucking win. And from a 1 p.m. until the end of 
the greatest Super Bowl in history that Andy didn't watch, I was, I I had to have crushed 35 Miller Lights. And then I played Spoons the Underdog on repeat and stood on my fucking kitchen counter and celebrated extensively and then got up to go to the work the next day, the most hungover I've ever been in my life. Went to take Vince out for a walk in like the shorts and like t-shirt that I was sleeping in, not realizing it was February and it was like fucking snowing. It's like 20 fucking degrees outside and it's snowing and I'm walking the dog in shorts and t-shirt and people are looking at me like I'm insane. And I'm just like, I'm so fucking hungover and this feels so glorious. The giants have beaten the undefeated Patriots. It was, it was all a dream. All right, let's rapid fire these if we can. Are we taking this all the way to today? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. This will be easy. All right, next year is my first Super Bowl in Venice. This, this is, is Cardinals. Steelers, Cardinals. Yeah, so this is my old two-bedroom apartment. Matt Janela's apartment on uh, the east side of Manhattan. All right, Saints, Colts. I was rooting for the... I was, I was always rooting for the uh, Colts because I was a Peyton Manning guy. Same thing. I'm, I'm waiting tables. I'm back at that place. Now, I am like blacked out drunk. Like, we we were all mad that we had to work the Super Bowl. So my boss, who was cool as shit, was like, fuck this. Start making margaritas. So, like, same thing. I'm like trying to sneak off into different hotel rooms to watch it. But I also don't care because I'm just lit. Back to the one through one, regretfully rooting for the Saints. I've come since to appreciate Peyton Manning at the time. I was anti Peyton Manning because Eli had won a Super Bowl, so I didn't want Peyton to have one. And I was rooting for Drew Brees, who I have come to hate. All right. Next year, Packers, Steelers. I'm in my a, first my first one in LA. Yeah. I'm in the valley at a big house party with the guy on couch who's diehard Packers with some of his other Packer boys. I know I've referenced this. A bunch of yo fool Raider fans show up. Guy on couch blacked out himself, starts talking shit to them in the middle of the game. And I was like, yo, dude, if something happens, I'm not doing anything. These guys might fucking have knives or some shit. Like, what are you doing? Like, the last thing I'm doing is talking shit to some yo fools wearing Raiders jerseys. I'm and, this is and my here's first a quick goal fun in fact LA. about Guy on Couch. Yeah. Like, so- Somehow drove. Russo goes, let's do rapid fire. And now also yeah. let's do some fun facts about Guy and Couch. <laughs> Somehow drove from the valley back to Venice. Like he's blacked out. I was like, it was one of those things where like, I'm like, dude, you're on your own tonight. Like I can't deal with this. This is my first Super Bowl in LA. I watch it at my girlfriend's best friend's ma- mansion in Bel Air with like her family. And for like, it was their family's Super Bowl party. All right, Giants, Patriots. This one's in Indianapolis. I've referenced this. I was working in Indianapolis that week, so I ended up watching it. Again, I'm with Guy on couch and my girlfriend at the time in her apartment. We've worked all week. We were hungover. I specifically remember us ordering. We had so much Taco Bell for this game. (laughs) Uh, Checks two boxes. One, sports regret not going to this game. I was offered. Me and Mikey were offered tickets to this game. I didn't want to go in Indianapolis. I, the idea of going and watching them potentially lose and being in Indianapolis made me feel like shit. By the end of the week, I convinced myself the Giants were winning the football game, and they did. I watched it at a house uh, in Marina Del Rey 
with a bunch of friends. Everybody's heard the story. I went out drinking. Cops probably brought me home that night. Woke up, broken phone. Most hungover I've ever been in my life after this game. All right. Ravens Niners. I'm actually in Cincinnati at the time. And I watched in my parents' house. Ravens Niners. Where this like the blackout. Out. Yep. I'm at a friend's place in Santa Monica. All right. Seahawks Broncos. This is my first ever. Oh, wait. I watched yes. it at Goldberg's basement. It's just me and Goldberg, though. It's just me and Goldberg. I'm at a different friend's house in Santa Monica. These guys, the it was a couple, and the the husband was a Broncos fan. So I remember it being a devastating day for him. Regret rooting for the Niner, rooting for the Seahawks in this game. Rooting right. for the Seahawks. Regret that. Obviously, came around on Russ after that. Fixed my life. Next up, Patriots, Seahawks. I'm actually in the Smut Studio. I think I was solo. Just, just watching it. And fun fact, guys. I rooted for the Patriots this game. What year is this? 2015. We've started the pod at this point? Yeah. I feel I feel like I was rooting for the Patriots because I already was in I already had my flag in the ground about Russ just a fucking year later. You might have. We're about a year in the show. And I don't know where I watched it. All right. Next year, Broncos Carolina, same thing. It's just me and Goldberg watching it in his sister's basement. This is eight years ago. I know this because it just came up on my Google memories. I watched it. I went to all the parties in San Francisco with Danny. Watched it at a friend's, a friend of a friend's house in San Francisco. All right. Next year is one of Goldberg's first like party parties. This is Patriots Falcons. Was I there? I was there. I think you were. I was there. Because he did it two years in a row. Remember next yeah. year? Yeah. Like dirt balls came both. The, next year was the Eagles Patriots. Yeah. I was there. Those were back-to-back games. I was at Goldberg's. Okay. So now we're up to 2019 Patriots Rams. I watched that at the Smut Studio. Patriots Rams. Where the fuck was I for that game? No idea. <laughs> Weird that like I can't. I don't know where I was lately. So I watched the next two in the smart studio because the next year is Kansas city Niners. And I watched that with Nikki D. I remember we had like chicken fingers and like frozen pizza. I watched that at Dan O'Carter's place. All right. Bucks chiefs. I watched at my brother Greg's house in Cincinnati bucks chiefs. What year that's that's COVID, right? Yeah. COVID. Well, 2021. Right. But it's like the first post-COVID Super Bowl. I think I watched it at home. Bucks Chiefs 2021. Yeah. Watched it at home. In right. El Segundo? Yeah. Rams, Bengals. I watched that at my parents' house with my girlfriend. Rams, Bengals. I, wa- I watched at, at SoFi. 
That's the Super Bowl I was at. All right. And then Chiefs, Eagles, last year I watched it at the current house I live in, this place. Where the fuck was I last year's Super Bowl? No idea. This time last year? I don't fucking know. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know where I was this time last year. I bet you I can figure it out. And then yesterday, I was I went to my brother's for a bit, and then I came over here, and I was and I was game. home. Where the fuck did I watch the game last year? That's that's bad for but, your. But but here's what's crazy to me. Like I can tell you where I've watched every Super Bowl since 1989. Yeah, like better than like, me. But my point is like that's how important the Super Bowl is, even though I've slept through a bunch of them. <laughs> as we've as we've detailed or slept through parts of them i'm just trying Mars. to see where the fuck i was for last year's super bowl because i'm freaking out now what's wrong with my brain what yeah i don't know where i was wild and i may never know feels like maybe right. just at home Probably just at home. Give us a ring, guys. 310-359-8365. That was was a fun, that was a fun glimpse into the fact that I probably have early onset Alzheimer's. Gonna kill myself now. (laughs) Do you know where you were one year ago today? I'm sorry, officer. I don't. But you knew where you were most of those. Yeah, that's good. Feels like the ones I don't know. I was probably just at home and it was like watching it by myself and therefore. Or watching it with my significant other, and therefore not. Well, you know the tell the telltale for me is very few Super Bowl parties. Yeah, very few. Like I prefer to watch it at home. Yeah. Anything else from your end you want to push? Uh, yeah. Hollywood Improv, February 29th, Leap Day, a night of sports comedy. Um, We will be doing uh, a wonderful night. I'll be hosting and doing a bunch of stuff in between. Um, If you're in or around Los Angeles, California, please uh, come to it. I mean, if you're listening to this show, you're obviously a Joe Prano talking sports fan. A lot of people come, a lot of dirtballs come to comedy shows and they're like, you didn't do Bill Walton. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. How come I know whatever? Um, so come to a night of sports comedy, February 29th at the Hollywood Improv. Um, otherwise, I'll be on the road coming up. Uh, uh, shout out to the Dirtballs who've asked me about Utah. I am unsure as to whether or not I'm coming to Utah. I will let you know when that is confirmed. I'm supposed to come with Eddie Ift. Um, I just wanted to go snowboarding. The pay isn't great. I just wanted to go snowboarding, but I'm not sure it's fucking worth it for how shitty it is to open you know, I'm a headliner these days. I don't usually go out and open for people anymore. I was just going to do it to snowboard, but I don't know if it's worth my time. Um, so I will let you know if I decide to come just to go snowboarding. Um, otherwise, I've got uh, shows in Vegas coming up. I've got shows in Arizona coming up. Those are at Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club the last week of March um, and uh, House of Comedy in Arizona, the second to last week of March, um, New York coming in April, Connecticut coming in April, JoePrano.com. 
at Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on TikTok. Follow me all the places and come see a show. But for sure, if you can get to Los Angeles for Leap Day, just a little over two weeks, three weeks, a little over two weeks from a little over two weeks from now. Come come to that show. It'll be great. Word. Okay, guys, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Thursday. And as always, stay dirty.